You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hi, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Anthony Kastrman, and this is our latest look at the Minnesota Twins. I'm joined by Rhett Bollinger. And, Rhett, uh, you were at Twins Fest uh, since we last spoke. Uh, they had about thirteen to 14,000 people there at Target Field for that event. Uh, what were your takeaways from that event? That was a really cool event. Obviously, as you said, a lot of people there, thirteen to 14,000 people. Um, last year, a little bit more, obviously, coming off a better season. Um, this year, coming off 103 losses, a little bit more of a wait-and-see approach from some twin fans. Um, but at the same time, you know, it was pretty crowded throughout the weekend, especially on Sunday. It's always a fun event to see all the players there. It's impressive. I think the Twins had nearly 80 players, of, you know, former, current, and even future ones as, as prospects um, at this mm-hmm. event to sign autographs, do Q&As with the fans. Uh, obviously, there's a big old, uh, you know, kind of a card trading show, I guess you could call it, memorabilia downstairs. There's so much to it. Uh, it's always fun to be around, um, and it kind of gets you ready for the start of the season there. I think the players are always happy to be able to kind of meet the fans and kind of get energized uh, for spring training. And for me, it's great because I get a chance to kind of interview a lot of the players and kind of get a feel for how they're doing this offseason a couple weeks before they go to spring training. It sounds like next year they're going to have to navigate around the Super Bowl. Exactly, yeah. They're kind of figuring that out. I think the big thing right now is they might have to move it up a week just because the target field might be used um, as a venue for some of the Super Bowl events. But they're not really sure yet. Um, and then after that, maybe even 2019, a year after, the Twins might even move the event uh, to U.S. Bank Stadium when the Vikings play, just because it's a bigger facility. They used to use the Metrodome, but had a movement was torn down. Um, so, yeah, next year it'll be interesting to see how they kind of structure Twins Fest on the Super Bowl, and then the year after that, we'll see if they move on over to the Vikings Stadium. All right, well, until then, uh, there's still a 2017 season to play, of course, and uh, <laughs> Twins, like many teams, uh, are, are still, you know, peering into this free agent market that, Still has a lot of names available, uh, a lot of lot of depth bullpen arms and uh, some bats still hovering out there. Uh, but, Red, I want to ask you about, you know, there's been some rumors about uh, the, the Twins' interest in bringing back Justin Morneau. Uh, what is the level of that interest? I don't think it's too high. I think the Twins checked in on Justin Morneau. I'm talking to some people. Um, Morneau, it makes some sense in, you know, in terms of leadership. Uh, he's a great leader. He's been a you know, part of the franchise for a very long time. But the hardest thing is just trying to find the at-bats. Uh, you know, he's a first baseman slash DH. Uh, the Twins have Joe Maurer at first base. They have Bianco Park and Kenny's Vargas, two intriguing bats to be DHs as well. Um, or no, it's coming off, you know, a decent year with the White Sox in the time that he played there down the stretch after coming off of his uh, injury. Will be a great leader. I just don't think they're going to find enough at bats for him. Um, I'm sure he's probably going to be kind of looking elsewhere right now at this point. I talked to Michael Kadire. He did say that Morneau is interested in playing next year for sure. I just don't think it's a great fit with the Twins. Unless he's okay being a, you know, more of a bench player, uh, but it's hard to kind of be a bench player and a leader at the same time. Um, but at the same time, you know, he's definitely a, a great player in the history of the Twins. I just don't think it really makes much sense right now at this point. Yeah, I, I have to agree, Red. I mean, we've, we've heard these rumors about Morneau and Mike Napoli, and I, I just don't see how the Twins are a team that, that fits in that wheelhouse, both from a competitive timetable standpoint and, and as we mentioned, just the sheer number of at-bats to offer. Um, but you mentioned, exactly. you know, Kadire's input. And it, it certainly seems like they value uh, the input of their former players, guys like Kadire and Torrey Hunter, um, Latroy Hawkins, guys who uh, still have a voice in this organization. Yeah, they really do. It wasn't one of those moves where it's kind of, as long as you get these guys in ceremonial roles, they added to the front office, they don't really have much say or anything to do. Um, but they're being utilized. I mean, all three of those guys have been called upon several times this offseason in terms of, you know, evaluating free agents, Especially when it comes to you know personality too, you know you can kind of call Kadir, the Troy or Tory, and say, hey, do you know this guy, the free agent? What do you know about his leadership skills? What do you know about his people skills? Because um, the front office is pretty good about obviously you know being able to figure out if this guy can play in terms of you know 
ability, but I think some of the kind of the mental side of it and the baseball side of it, they kind of want to have these guys give some input, and they're going to have a lot of input in spring training too. They're going to be there. I think all three of them will be down there for two different stints each, not only to instruct but also to evaluate as well and kind of offer their opinions to the coaching staff and the management of guys that could make this team. So they definitely have a real uh, role on this franchise, uh, which is you know a, a good thing because, like they said, they, they're big about collaboration and you know sometimes these new front offices with these you know advanced stats kind of get lumped into these you know kind of advanced stats they don't care about scouting they don't care about you know uh, what former players say or the kind of you know old school stats but clearly the front offense is doing their best to kind of merge everything they possibly can together to make the best decision possible yeah and that's and the twins are searching for that kind of veteran leadership that those guys once provided um so we'll see uh if anything else happens on the free agent front, and we can talk about the pitching in a second, but but kind of building off that conversation about the former players, I saw where Torrey Hunter uh, had some input about Byron Buxton, and he really believes this kid turned a corner uh, last September. And, you know, Red, sometimes September and April are, are probably baseball's two strangest months in, in, in terms of, you know, how do you evaluate what you're seeing? It, it's hard to trust your eyes sometimes. I think any one-month sample is dangerous, but, but especially those two months. But uh, Buxton really did look good. Last September, it was really encouraging to see after all the ups and downs and uh, literal ups and downs from the from the minor leagues back to the big leagues. What, what are your thoughts on on Buxton and that idea of, of him having really turned the corner his career? I mean, it sure seems like it. I mean, that September really was impressive. But like you said, one month it's hard to base it off of one month. Even kind of going back to Aaron Hicks, he had a great. I think it was the month of July a couple of years ago. Everyone thought he broke out, and the Twins ended up uh, trading him after that season of the Yankees. I think the Yankees thought, okay, we got this guy Hicks who figured it out. And sure enough, it was just that one good month and last year to struggled with the Yankees, too. So you never know. Um, but at the same time, the, the signs were so good. You know, we know that he can play defense. We know he can run. Uh, the hit tool was kind of the last thing to come around. And sure enough, uh, it wasn't just a hit tool. It was a power tool, too. What, he had nine home runs in that last month of uh, September. I don't think we're going to expect that as much going forward. But he does have some power. He's definitely a strong guy, a very wiry. Um, I, I think Hunter is a guy who's been around baseball forever. And when he thinks that, you know, he's kind of seeing those signs that, that Bucks is kind of turning that corner. You tend to believe him because I mean, he's definitely the closest guy to, to Buxton in baseball. I mean, he kind of is like a father figure to Buxton in some ways. They text and call a lot. And I think the big thing for him was, I think, when Byron got called up that last time in September, Torrey just called him and said, hey, like, look, this is, you know, this is your last chance this season at least to make an impact. But don't, you know, don't sweat it. Don't put too much pressure on yourself. Don't think too much. Don't think about your mechanics, the leg kick, this and that. Just go out there and play. Like, this guy was number one overall prospect. Just, you know, whatever got in the major leagues was clearly working in the minor leagues. And I think some of it was just the pressure of being the number one pick. There's so much going on in this. And so many people telling him what to do and, you know, so many voices on this and that and mechanics and this. And I think it was Torrey to tell him, hey, you know what, September, things are out of the race, go out there, have some fun, play, kind of play loose and be yourself. And sure enough, that's what he did. And I kind of think he said just mentally he was in a much better place. And I think if he can kind of carry that over and keep that confidence into this year, would be huge for this team because, as we know, this team, pretty much the phase of this team kind of rests in the, in the hands of the young guys like Buxton and Miguel Sano and Max Kepler and Jorge Polanco and Jose Barrios. I mean, a lot of this team is built on, on young talent that has to take a step forward this year because last year it didn't happen and we saw them lose 103 games. And if it doesn't happen again this year, this could be another long season. But if Buxton can be that guy and be a leadoff hitter and be that elite prospect that everyone thought he could be, uh, he'd definitely be a huge spark plug for this team. Uh, how about Jason Castro, Rhett? We know, you know he's been the only uh, big-ticket acquisition for the Twins this offseason. You had a chance to catch up with him at Twins Fest. What are his thoughts on his new home? Well, it's perfect for him because he got a chance to kind of not only meet the fans, his new fans were excited to be him because he said he's the only major addition to this uh, team this offseason, 
Um, but to meet his teammates, too, even especially the pitchers. We kind of talk to the guys about how they like to do things in spring training during the season. Uh, he's already been watching a lot of video of the twin pitchers, so he's got a feel for, you know, their stuff and everything. But it's always kind of nice to kind of sit down and kind of get to know some of the pitchers before you get down to spring. Uh, but spring training is going to be huge for him to kind of work with all these guys. Uh, we've talked about it before, but great defensive catcher, uh, famous for his pitch framing. He talks quite a bit about that as well at Twins Fest. And even Twins fans at Twins Fest won't ask him about you know, what pitch framing meant and all that. But, um, the, you know, the stats on that are he's one of the best in baseball at that in terms of turning, you know, balls to strikes and, and, you know, that kind of thing to help his pitching staff, which will be key because Chris Suzuki, as much as he was, you know, a pretty solid game caller and planner, uh, wasn't very good at that skill particularly. So um, I think the pitching staff is definitely excited about have, having him behind the plate. Um, he hit, you know, the, the one year he was an offside in 2013. Otherwise, he hasn't really offered as much offensively, but I think this year they're probably going to play him mostly against right-handers and then maybe kind of platoon him against lefties, whether, gonna, whether it's going to be John Ryan Murphy or Chris Jimenez uh, or even Mitch Garber, we'll see, as a backup. But uh, Castro is definitely the, the starting guy. But I do think he's going to be mostly facing lefties this year. And last thing, Rhett, uh, you know, we mentioned uh, how some of these bats don't necessarily make sense for the Twins, but some of the bullpen arms available do. Uh, anything new on that front or any names that uh, might make particular sense for the Twins in the back end? Yeah, there's definitely some names out there. Craig Zeslow is probably the one most prominently linked to the Twins right now. as a former Twin as well. Uh, I think Boone Logan, a lefty, they're looking at as well. Um, there's some names out there. I mean, Joe Blanton uh, had a good year with the Dodgers last year. He's a veteran they're looking at as well. So um, they're monitoring that market. And talking to, you know, Thad Levine at Twins Fest, he was saying they're definitely going to want to add at least one or two pitchers um, before the season starts. So I, I wouldn't, you know, we'll see if it happens, uh, you know, how much they'll add. It, it could even be minor league deals, you know, you never know in terms of going forward. But two weeks from the day is when they report, so it's coming out pretty quick. But sometimes, you know, even relievers get signed once spring training even starts. So you never know. It's been a kind of a strange free agency. It seems like there's a lot of guys out there, like we've talked about too, even just offensively with Morneau and Napoli out there as well. And then on top of it, a lot of relievers and even starting pitchers too. Um, there's some pretty solid Jason Hamlin things out there. Uh, sorry. Uh, so there's some, there's some names out there that are, uh, you know, pretty solid um, the Twins could look at. And, uh, yeah, so I, I think more than anything, might sign a reliever before the start of the season. All right, there you have it. The latest from Rhett Bollinger. I want to thank him for joining us. Thank you all for tuning in. This has been MLB.com Extras, Minnesota Twins Edition. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go every night on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details.